X-ray Delta One, this is Mission Control. At the tone, 21 hours, 11 minutes, coordinated universal time. I always knew I could sing, but uh, nobody else did. I figured it was time that I... Uh, I've tried everything else, and uh, I think you ought to try everything twice because you might have a headache the first time. And uh, a friend of mine named Bobby Goldsboro talked me into doing an album. Went down to Nashville, and uh, I had a lot of fun doing the album. And, and uh, I think I surprised uh, not only Bobby, but uh, I surprised myself a couple of times. Uh, room for a Boy never used. There's a house in my mind. It's more than a house. It's made of dreams that are more than dreams. And the rooms of that house are carefully filled with my most loved people and things. But you know, there's one single room at the top of the stairs with a door untouched and new, reserved for a son, a son that I've never had. One room for a boy, never used. The drapes are done in trains and affection, the walls and race cars and love. There's a place for a, a dartboard, a football helmet, a ball, a bat, a glove. There's a space just right for a crayon stick man. Just so high, here by the door. Model cars hung from the ceiling. <laughs> Airplane grew on the floor. There's a big lonely tree in a big backyard. Just waiting for a long rope swing. And there's a place in the branches for a big tree house. A place to keep secrets and things. And there's a gang of outlaws seen roaming the yard. A lawless, reckless band. But a young, fearless sheriff with a little tin badge could keep the law well in hand. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole backyard just full of adventure. Pirates and spacemen, too. But it's just lying there, wasted and bare, like that room for a boy. Never used. There's a place in my mind I've laid away times to be shared with a special someone. They'll never be shared with anyone else. There are times for a man and a son. Like when a tail for a kite can be more important than that noise I've heard in the car. And times for questions like, where did I come from? Why can't I touch the stars? I got bedtime stories I've never told. Songs I've been keeping aside. One walk in the sand for one boy and one man. A magic trick I've never tried. 
God, you've given me more than I've ever deserved. But if I might humbly ask, if I might humbly ask this of you, when you're giving out sons, don't forget, I still have room for a boy. Never used. That's a cut from uh, my new album called uh, Ask Me What I Am. And um, the song you just heard is A Room for a Boy Never Used. Are you still with us? The difficulty with this album is that we keep losing listeners, leaving me feeling like a man wandering about in a self-service mortuary. Our next number is a request. It is for Mr. and Mrs. Cyril Schwicky of Ashtabula, Kansas. At least I sincerely hope Mrs. Schwicky is still with us. The song is Lover, Come Back to Me. If she is not around, her husband can listen to it in the basement while he waits for the cement to dry. Rockets! Rockets! <laughs>
boats. Do you tip it in a motel just as you would in a hotel? For a half an hour. I'm 
The nature of death and the fate of the human soul after death are riddles to which no man has found a key. But there have been a few restless men who have made investigations in the field, and while they have not learned the answers, their inquiries have borne startling fruit. In April of 1907, the prominent French physician and neurologist, Dr. Henri Baraduc, suffered an unfortunate loss. His son, André-Joseph Baraduc, died at the age of 17. On the day after the funeral, Monsieur Charles Vinault, a close friend of the family, came to pay his respects. I know how futile words are at a time like this. It was kind of you to come, Charles. You were with André when he died, Marie. Oh, Charles. Why, my dear, I am sorry. It was a stupid question. No. No, it was not stupid at all. Charles, I was not with André when he died. Henri would not let me be. What? He kept me out of the room. During the last few hours, he was in there alone with André. You see, when André went in for the last time, he took a camera with him. When Charvino saw Marie several months later, he realized that she was a very sick woman. And a month later, Vino received word that her condition was critical. He went at once to the Beriduke house. I'd rather you wouldn't come in, Vino. Mary is dying. Good Lord. I want to speak to her, Henri. I asked you not to come in. Yes, I know. Will but... you have the decency to permit me to be alone with my wife at the moment of her death? Why, Henri? For the same reason that you wanted to be alone with your son? Are you perhaps planning to set up your camera near the deathbed? Oh, you know about that, do you? Well, yes, since you inquire. Yes, that's exactly what I'm planning. The following day, the newspapers carried the report of the death of Madame Marie Baraduc. Charveneau returned to the Baraduc home. He bluntly denounced the doctor as a heartless and inhuman monster. I am a scientist, Vino. I wanted a visual record of what happens to the body at the moment of death. And then he handed his friend a series of pictures, explaining that he had used specially sensitized plates. Vino stared at them in amazement and disbelief. Mon Dieu! It... it looks like a... like a sort of misty ball rising from her body. And so it is. If you look here, you'll notice that three such balls appeared. They coalesced into a single globe. It remained attached to the body by a cord, a luminous cord. And then, at this point, the cord broke and the globe floated away. I may be an inhuman monster, Charles, but I think you'll agree that I've made a rather significant discovery. Charvino may have agreed, but the world did not. Dr. Baraduke's astonishing pictures have been published frequently, but science has refused to take them seriously. Is it because the circumstances under which they were made are so repugnant, so offensive to human decency, that the doctor's integrity is subject to suspicion? Or is it simply because the photographs themselves tell a story that is too disturbing? A story incredible but true.
shall we sing that crazy porcupine song? Yes, Ernest, I just feel crazy enough to sing it. Then we'll both be crazy. All right, Dave. Porcupines are all full of quills. Hit them and you're sure to get thrilled. Weeping willows like to weep just like I weep for you. As a porcupine pines for its walk, that's how I'll pine for you. As a grasshopper hops on the grass, I'll hop right after you. As an eggplant plants the day, I'll plant myself near you. Not a woodchuck, woodchuck, wood as I woodchuck my love at you. Say, Bill, what's the difference between a rich man and a dog's tail? A dog's tail keeps a wagon, and a rich man keeps an automobile. (laughs) (laughs) Alligators come through the gate, but goodbye, leg, if you get away late. Lollies always like to pop, I'll pop the question, too. As a porcupine pines for its paw, that's how I'll pine for you. As a woodpecker pecks at the wood, I'll always peck at you. As the Pekingese peeks at the knees, I'll always peek at you. All the oil cans can their oil, but I can't tie the can to you. Say, Bill, we've got a new dog down at my house. What's his name, Ernie? Why, Ginger. Does Ginger bite? <laughs> no, Ginger snap. <laughs> As the butterfly flies at the butter, I'll fly right after you. As the mouse trap traps the mouse, that's just how I'll trap you. As the lipstick sticks to the lip, I'll always stick to you. As the earring rings the ear, I'm going to put a ring on you. Tell me, Ernest, how do you produce sawdust? Produce sawdust? Why, uh, let me see. Uh, uh... Come, come, use your head. Oh, Will. If we find the guys who wrote this song, they'll not be here for long. As the sharpshooter likes to shoot, we'll shoot those crazy goops. Every nut factory has its nuts, and nuts from trees do fall. But of all the nuts and crazy nuts, they are the worst of all. Bill, what do cannibals do with the heads of their victims? I guess they make noodle soup out of them, Ernie. (laughs) (laughs) If If we we don't don't sing another chorus, we hope you'll still be for us. We bought dictionaries by the score, but we can't find no more. Just buy yourself a ukulele, and while you're strumming gaily, sing your own words to this crazy song. They're all right if they're wrong. Nothing to match the thousand things you do with plastics. There's nothing to beat their skill and versatility. That's why we can tell you we are all enthusiastics about the very significant, truly magnificent, happy plastics family.
Hello there. This is the chaplain of Hale, Bud Spriggs. I have a very important subject that I'd like to talk to you about today, and the name of that subject is UFO. Anyway, we'll study the subject of UFOs. Now, that means unidentified flying objects. Now, I think it's a, a very important subject. There's a lot of magazine articles on it today and in the newspapers, and I think people are really uh, concerned about flying saucers.
UFO encounters have been reported by citizens in all walks of life, including the President of the United States, Jimmy Carter.
think you believe in flying saucers too, of some kind or the other. But I mean real flying saucers. I believe that there are such things and we're going to study them out of the Bible.
standing outside of a little uh, restaurant, I believe, a high school uh, lunchroom, and a, a kind of a green light appeared in the western sky. This was right after sundown. And uh, it got, got brighter and brighter, and then eventually it disappeared. It was not, didn't have any uh, solid substance to it. It was just a, a very peculiar looking light. None of us could uh, understand what it was. I've never made fun of people who've seen other things of that kind. Today 
science is being used to separate fact from fiction in dealing with UFO reports. Dr. David Saunders, with the help of the Center for UFO Studies, heads up Project UFOCAT, a computerized system which processes and analyzes the thousands of UFO sightings reported each year. It turns out that uh, certain areas produce uh, more and certain areas produce fewer. You start to ask why, and you uncover the fact that the areas producing more than their share are better educated, which comes as a surprise to some people.
Gardner and his family have taken a safari deep into the jungles of Botswana. His love of animals put him into a tank with a killer whale and gave him a close encounter with Coco, the mountain gorilla that learned sign language from her keepers. A mountain gorilla? This is gigantic. And I got scared. So the only thing I could think of was to say to Coco, I love you, Coco. Because I knew that if I said I love you, then I'd start to feel I love you. It's a simple actor's trick. I love you, Coco. I advanced on her. I love you, Coco. Coco, I love you. And I knew that my body was softening. I love you, Coco. And I got right in front of her. I said, Coco, and I looked into her deep brown eyes. I said, I love you, Coco. She put her hand out and grabbed me by the balls. 